Amwar makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Amwar, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for new-to-use styles. Now, I mentioned on the podcast recently that I have been pregnant or breastfeeding for four and a half years, and that season of my life came to a close recently, and I was like, I forgot I can wear normal clothes again that don't need to be breastfeeding friendly or constantly changing in sizes with a postpartum body. And so now I'm left with trying to figure out, well, what do I wear? What is my style? I can't even remember. And styles have changed so much in the last few years. And so I've been having fun experimenting with different types of clothing. And I love that Amoir has allowed me to try some different styles of jeans and kind of step outside my comfort zone and figure out what I love, what works for my body type, and to not have spent money on things that I was like, "Mm, actually, this doesn't work after I wore it a few times and realized I don't really like it. And so it's been a great opportunity for me to try out some new things and help me to define my personal style. And I also love that the style quiz, the different suggestions that they gave after I took the style quiz, it was right in line with what I would want to wear. And so I have just loved this service and I would love for you to get to try it out and get a great deal. Right now, my listeners can give Amwar a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit amwar.style forward slash crystal. That is amwar.style A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Amoir today. This episode is sponsored by Byheart, and I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in and all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. 
Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Payne Show. Today, we're going to be talking about how I became more extroverted. And whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, this is not about trying to make you into someone that you're not, but more about how I faced limiting beliefs and how I overcame some deep insecurity and anxiety when really it came to social situations. And I was inspired to talk about this because earlier this week, as we had many different activities in one day, I just had to laugh and think back. Jesse, do you remember whenever you were in law school, we were in that little basement apartment and it usually we maybe had one extra activity in the week every once in a while too, but it was a huge week. If in addition to church, we had three different activities going on and that felt like a lot. And so God has just grown me and stretched me. And I want to share some of that journey. But first, what's saving your life this week, Jesse? What was that? <laughs> That's our uh, video monitor and watching the baby. So that and, and one thing is, is saving our life. But I think we've talked, we've about, talked about that about in the that, past. Yes. But uh, I've got it connected to my phone. So I'm, I'm multitasking and doing the podcast and watching them on the baby monitor at the same time. So we have them both upstairs mm-hmm. watching what I'm going to talk about. They're both in their individual a crib and a seat, but go go for it. What so this it? week I got an organization system set up in one of our cabinets in our living room for Baby D's medical supplies. And uh, I went and bought some uh, a pegboard set up. So yeah, I was looking at a lot of the different organization systems I could buy and they were little bit expensive. So I just put something together and, and figuring out what I would need with a, a pegboard and uh, what attachments I would need. And it was so much cheaper and it looks really good. So, well, and one of those things that you never think of until you have a child who has special needs, who has a feeding tube or other things like that is all of the medical things that they come with. Mm-hmm. And when he showed up at our door at 12, 15 a.m., was it seven or eight weeks ago? I can't keep track at this point. There were multiple boxes that the caseworker brought in with him with random medical supplies. And at that point, a lot of them, we had no idea what they even were. Um, we knew the feeding bags and medicine, and there were a few other things, but we've had to learn what the different things are for and what to use them for. And um, the blessing is, is that Every month, this wonderful company in our area sends us three boxes of medical supplies, everything that we need for his feeding tube and um, for feeding him and cleaning and caring for all of that Mm -hmm. and just everything, syringes and gauze and tape, infusion pump, like everything, they send it to us to our door. But that's three boxes full of supplies every month Mm -hmm. that... 
you know, we just at first, we just had these boxes that you're digging through to try to find what you need. And so then we would sometimes think we were out of something that we weren't weren't because we, or, you know, anyway, so this system is much, much better. And I had heard from a a number of people that they said that they use a cart system, Mm -hmm. um, like a rolling cart. And I think, especially if you were dealing with multiple different ports and that sort of thing where you had a lot of different types of supplies, Mm -hmm. that would be a really smart thing. Or if you had older children, you know, we're only dealing with basically three boxes of supplies a month Mm -hmm. that need to be organized, but having them up so that it's pretty high up in this cupboard, you know, with when Champ, when we babysit for him, and then obviously Kirsten, they're really into opening up drawers and pulling things out. And it would kind of be dangerous and also make a mess. And so this system, I don't even know if that was something that you thought of, but as people have been, I shared about it on Instagram and people have been showing me other kinds of systems. I'm thinking, oh, that one would definitely not work if you have (laughs) other young children who are getting into things. Um, So this system has worked really well so far and it's made it just so much nicer to mm-hmm. be able to see at a glance and to know have a place for everything and be able to just put everything in its place for all the different supplies. Well, I mentioned that both of the babies are upstairs watching something and that is what I'm going to share that's saving our lives. So we've talked about baby signing times and that's something that especially when Kirsten and Champ were younger, they really, really loved. But Kirsten has kind of outgrown it. Um, They watched it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, We joke that we are um, helping fund um, their channel with how many times we played that. I mean, seriously, it's not that much, but usually once a day we'd played the 55 minute show. So we, they, the creator of the show, Rachel, I don't even know what her last name is, but she's Rachel on the show. She has this other show called Rachel and the Tree Schoolers, which also incorporates signs, but it incorporates a lot of other things. And it's more for, I would say, like older kids. toddler preschool mm-hmm. level. And it's very Kirsten, educational too. Kirsten loves it. And it's funny because if we turn on baby signing times on YouTube, she's like, eh, eh. She's asking us to, no, no, she doesn't want that one. Mm-hmm. She wants Rachel and the Tree Schoolers. So if you have a toddler or a preschooler, definitely check this out on YouTube because it teaches and incorporates so many different things. They're learning so much. I learn stuff from it, like photosynthesis and all of what that is and how that works and and these big things, but they make it fun with um, rhyming things and lots of um, different children doing different things. It's very hands-on, very active um, songs, signs, and it's just Mm -hmm. kind of engaging different parts of your mind and body to help you learn. So we'll link to that in the show notes. My book update for today is I'm actually listening to a book and reading a book. So Jesse, I'm making some progress. I feel like I had... Not at the same time, right? uh, Well, I mean, I'm reading them. What would be the correct word? I'm not listening and reading at the exact same time, but I am. Well, I've heard that some people like to read and listen to the same book. 
it's different books. Let's, okay. let's clarify All that. Right. Different books. One is on the Holy Spirit by Jeannie Cunyon, and I'll probably talk about that in a later show. But the one that I'm halfway through that I'm listening to on the Libby app, which I love through the library. We've talked about it so many times, but it's the free audiobook through the app. People don't pay for audiobooks if you can get them free through Hoopla or Libby. But it's That Sounds Fun by Annie F. Downs. And I'm familiar with her. I've listened to some of her podcasts. I've Some and, of her podcasts? What do you mean? A she lot has, of her podcasts. Oh, well, I like that Annie and Eddie keep talking. I, I listen to that a lot before I go to bed. So okay. you hear her voice a lot. It helps put me to sleep. I don't know whether that's a good <laughs> thing or a bad thing. Pro- I'm sure some people listen to our podcast to go to sleep. Too. Oh, yeah. But Breathe in. Breathe out. <laughs> Um, her That Sounds Fun book that she narrates, I didn't, I honestly didn't know what to expect. And I had read some different reviews talking about where it was just kind of these different essays and it didn't have a story arc. And, um, you know, there were a lot of positive reviews, but then there were some negative reviews. And so I didn't have high expectations for it, but I wanted to listen to it because it was available on Libby. And I have actually been deeply touched and moved by different sections of the book and just the way that she um, is narrating it and talking about different things, very personal loss, grief, um, especially her walking through singleness and her longing for marriage and children. And I think it helps me to have a better understanding and empathy for my friends who are single and who would love to be married. And so not only that, but then it's been applicable in my own life as well. And I don't agree with everything. I feel like I always say this, but there's a lot of good stuff in it so far. And I would definitely halfway through write a good review of it and recommend it. Jesse, you said you had a bit of a book update. Yeah, I'm still reading uh, Devil's Hand by Jack Carr. So just slowly. Which is a huge book. It is. And you haven't had a book. whole lot of time for yeah, reading recently. I try to read it while uh, Caitlin's doing ice skating in the mornings, but um yeah, it's it's. I I think honestly, to this point, I think that you would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, he ties in some of the background to nine eleven, and um, if any of you have, uh, and I've talked about his books quite a bit, but on his Instagram feed, he's really good at going into like background of different events, especially as it relates to national security, as it relates to different. Um, terrorist attacks throughout the years, decades, and going and giving a lot of background into those, uh, to those snippets. Like if there's an anniversary on a certain day, he goes in to say, okay, what, what was really behind and, and what, uh, came out of the Beirut bombings of this, mm-hmm. uh, of the, of the barracks or the Lockerbie bombings in, in Scotland. Um, very educational. And then he ties that all into, into his books. Well, he's uh, doing a lot of background into nine 11 and, mm-hmm. uh, tying that into this particular book. So, um, it is, it's getting interesting. Would I need to have read all the books before it? No. Okay. So I could just, not necessarily. I mean, there's, a, there, there's some overlap, but so there's not just people getting killed on every not single page. Not yet. No. How many pages in are you? Seven? I'm about a third of the way in. And (laughs) that usually starts coming probably about halfway to three quarters of the way in. So I could just read the first third and I'd be good. (laughs) Me. (laughs) Oh, and and, and also, when he wrote this book, he wrote it all last year and just as COVID was hitting. And Mm -hmm. he's talking talking about COVID in it as well and um, happened 
when he developed this story, because I've heard him on some podcasts here recently, um, it was before all this hit and he was and kind of the thrust of the story right now is a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so he's tying COVID into that. It's mm-hmm. very fascinating. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I might possibly, possibly enjoy that book. So Maybe. Usually, I feel like if you say that I'll enjoy it. I think it, you would enjoy it. You usually, you usually are pretty spot on. So I'll have to see if it's on the Libby app. Let's talk about how I became more extroverted. Jesse, first off, would you say that that is an accurate statement to say that I have become more extroverted? I think so, yeah. Yes. Now, I know that personality, I feel like, you are either an introvert or an extrovert. There's probably some people who have done a lot of research on brain science who might disagree with me, but I feel like we're wired to either be refueled with people or refueled with not people <laughs> or quiet. Yeah. And and I know that for me, I'm I'm an introvert. I'm a high introvert, meaning that I don't need, you know, I, it's, I can... You don't get fueled by interactions with people. It that drains you. You get mm. fueled by um, introspection. Okay, mm. I think an extrovert gets fueled by being with people and mm. that high energy. I do think that you can have introverts that exhibit extrovert qualities. Mm-hmm. They're just not being refueled by those qualities. Mm-hmm. And I think you can have extroverts that exhibit introvert qualities, but again, they're not receiving energy mm-hmm. or, I mean, sure they might enjoy it, but I don't think that they're, they receive life from those introvert qualities. Does that make sense? Well, and I think to clarify it even more, it's like, if I, I love people, life giving people, but I get what I call peopled out. So if I'm around people multiple times in a day, then I will need to have some time to refuel and recharge. Right. I can't just have it be people, 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 people. Where right. other people who are extroverted, they, and not all extroverts, but a lot of extroverts, it's going to be, they need people to recharge. Mm-hmm. So if they just have quiet and no people, bouncing off the walls. then they are not recharged. Right. And, and so... For me, becoming more extroverted, it was something that it's not like I changed my personality, but I feel like I allowed more of who I am Mm -hmm. to come out because like I said, I'm a high introvert. So that means I have discovered that I really do enjoy and have high capacity in the sense of that I enjoy having a lot of things going on. I enjoy getting together with people. And I think honestly, the pandemic really um, cemented that for me because when we had weeks and weeks and weeks where all I yep. was seeing was the pediatrician or somebody at the hospital, you know, because that's, those were all the places that we were going. Um, I felt, I just wanted to be with life giving yeah. people. And so that was, it, that was encouraging for me, but it was because of the last few years and changes that I had made intentionally mm-hmm. knowing that for a long time, I had told myself, I'm insecure or more, I'm shy and I'm introverted. Insecure was definitely one of the things, but I told myself, 
I'm shy and I'm introverted. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of played that out to be like, I'm not good with hospitality. I'm not good with having people to our home. So that's not my gifting. So I can write words on the internet. I can show up and volunteer for something. Mm -hmm. Um, I can serve you in maybe physical ways or something, but opening up my home and people and investing in people in that way, Mm -hmm. especially with hospitality, I always avoided that at all costs. Do you, would you say that the insecurity drove the shyness and what was the other word you used? Introverted. Introversion, introversionness to form a. I would say that the, the shyness and the in, insecurity were related because I didn't want to put myself out there because I didn't want to get rejected. Were, so were you characterizing your insecurity as shyness? Yes. I, I really feel like that because shy sounds better uh-huh. than insecure. It's more accepted. Yes. So I can say I'm, I'm, I'm a shy introvert and you wouldn't, you know, when I would be around people, I could, it's not like I would just sit over in the corner and say nothing, Mm -hmm. but inside of me, I would feel so insecure, so awkward, so uncomfortable being around almost any group of people. That's interesting though, because growing up, I mean, I would characterize and I, I repeatedly did characterize you as being outgoing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, and I forced myself to be outgoing in certain places, in certain places and a lot of places I didn't, but I would like at church, I would, you know, meet new people yeah. or something because I felt like it was the right thing to do. But inside what I was feeling inside was this insecurity. Oh no, I'm going to say the wrong thing. I wonder what they're thinking of me. They probably, you know, don't like me Hmm. and, and all of those insecurities. And so I let those be my limiting beliefs of, I'm not good at this. I'm not good with relationships. I'm not good with hospitality. And so I'm going to look to serve in other ways. Like I could send you an encouraging text or I could bring some food to your event but I'm not going to host the event. Um, And so for me, it really, I had to start with understanding that I'm letting these stifling beliefs drive my behaviors. And I'm not saying that everyone, you know, some of you, you might really not be, you know, hospitality might not be your gifting. And I'm not saying everyone needs to have the gift of hospitality, but I do believe that everyone should have the heart to open yourself up to others and whatever that looks like. So it's like a hospitality heart, which might not be opening up your home, but it might be, you know, inviting a friend for coffee. It might be just looking for how you can minister to a shut-in or reaching out to someone. You know, I feel like as Christians, we are called to that. Mm -hmm. We see that in scripture. It's changing your definition of what hospitality is. And so I had to then not let those negative beliefs hold me back in relationships. There were so many times that I thought about doing something and I talked myself out of it because I'd be like, eh, no, I'm not, I, you know, that'll just be super awkward. And as I talk about in Love Centered Parenting, God really had to do this deep work in my heart of changing how I viewed myself in light of how he views me and standing confident in who I am in Christ and his love for me. And when I understand how loved I am by him, I don't need to be chasing after the approval of others. 
So I don't need to worry about, well, if I open up my home and it's awkward and they don't like me, then I'm going to feel rejected. It was no longer about that. It was, God, make me a conduit of your love to others. And I didn't have to focus on myself and I could just focus on others and I could just love others well. And so if you want more details on that journey, Love-Centered Parenting in the first few chapters, I really map that out. And I'd encourage you, if you have the book, to read those first few chapters. But understanding how much I was loved and then being able to live as love gave me the courage then to, I actually set a goal. Some of you know this, if you've been following me for a long time, I read um, Jen Schmidt's book called Just Open the Door. And I set a goal that every single week for an entire year, we were going to open up our home. And that was a very scary goal for me because I had told myself for years, I'm not good at hospitality. In fact, one of my friends joked, Crystal, if you invite me to a party at your house, I'm going to show up right then and say, what is wrong? Something's (laughs) wrong with you. And so setting this goal of opening up our home every single week felt very awkward, very scary. But I just felt in my heart that I needed to push through this limiting belief. And the only way to get around it was through it, to face Mm. it head on. And at the end of the year, I could be like, you know what? 52 weeks, 52 different um, opening our door opportunities. And I can still say most assuredly, I'm not good with hospitality. And that was fine. Like I gave myself permission, but until you can't knock it, you can't say I'm not something if you've actually never really tried it. Mm-hmm. And so I opened up the door and we started inviting people in and I started looking for opportunities to open up our home instead of when the kids would say, Hey, can I have my friends over? Or could we do this? That would involve people coming over. I stopped saying no. And I started saying yes. And it ended up that I think over the course of the year, we had hundreds of people in our home. I didn't sit down and, you know, add up all of this, but I think it was probably close to four or 500 people total that we had. Now, some of those, it was the same people, you know, coming for different groups and different things. But as someone who avoided hospitality at all costs for years to have that many different opportunities to open up our door and that many different people in our home was a huge thing. But over the course of that year, I realized I actually love hospitality and I'm actually pretty good at it. Now I'm not good at setting out this whole spray, spray, spread of food. I have learned that I'm not really great. It causes a lot of stress for me if I feel like I have to make this nice meal or have a really beautiful spread of food like that. I've learned. I tried and I've tried and that's not my gifting. And so it's okay for me to say, we're going to do a crock pot dinner and paper plates, or we're just going to invite people over for dessert, Mm -hmm. or we're not even going to serve food. It's just going to be some afternoon play date or something after dinner. And so giving myself permission that it doesn't have to be this full meal Mm -hmm. or a fully homemade meal. It's more about opening up the door and welcoming people in. And through that, then it wasn't just about hospitality. Then it became more about this thing that changed deep in my heart of recognizing I'm loved and I can just reach out 
and welcome people into my life, into my home, but also into my heart and my life. And I am not the shy, insecure person I once was. And those are no longer limiting beliefs for me. It's just really cool to have, to realize that those are not dictating my life anymore. And instead I'm learning to rely on the Holy Spirit. And when it's awkward in situations to just pray and ask God, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to ask next. It feels awkward right now. Please help me. And just praying before I get together with someone, before I reach out to someone, before I walk into a new situation, before I go to an event, before we open up our door, God, please help me to just be a conduit of your love to these people. Help me to not even think about myself, but just love through me to everyone I come in contact with. And the coolest thing is, I have so much more capacity and ability and opening up our door now is something that honestly is really easy. Mm-hmm. And we do it multiple times pretty much every week. And more so now that our COVID numbers have gone down so much and our area is opening up a lot more. It's just so nice to be back to just being able to just swing our doors wide open and, and have people come in. And it's just, it's really fulfilling to me at this deep level. And so I just want to encourage you. I'm not saying you need to set a goal to open up your home for 52 weeks in a year, but what limiting beliefs are you letting be dictators in your life? What negative thoughts, like we talked about in John Acuff's episode of the soundtracks that we let play in the back of our lives that are driving the decisions that we're making? really paying attention to that and then saying, what steps can I take? Small steps, start, start small. You know, if, if you if the thought of opening up your home, if that's something that you want to do more of, if that feels overwhelming, start with inviting a friend to coffee or inviting a friend to the park, start small, but do something, take that first step. Because remember that oftentimes the way around is actually through facing your fears head on again and again and again. And like I say often, it's usually got to be awkward before it becomes awesome. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 